0: Well, hello, hello, I'm Lance Osborne, and this is Above Average, the podcast for big families. This is the show where we talk about the ins and outs of life with a bunch of kids. We discuss how to strengthen our families and improve our relationships with our spouses and our children. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for checking us out. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the show. You can find out how to do so and learn more about what we're up to over at AboveAverageShow.com or you can connect with us on Facebook. Just go to AboveAverageShow.com slash Facebook to find your way there. Like I said, I'm Lance Osborne, and I'm a father of five kiddos, ages eight and under. And most episodes of Above Average, they deal with a specific topic, like what happens when you outgrow your car and you've got to get a van, whether that's a minivan or a big old mothership. Another topic we've talked about before is what it's like traveling with a big crew and all the ways that that's different for a large family compared to a typical family of a mom and dad and a kid or two. But often here on the show, we bring guests on. Sometimes it's a rock star, like business and leadership expert Chris Licurdo, who taught us how to better communicate with our children back in episode 15 by knowing their personality styles. And then sometimes our guests happen to have a large family, but at the same time they're doing something absolutely huge. And that's exactly how I would describe the guest on today's episode. Benji Travis and his wife Judy, along with their three young daughters, are YouTubers. If you're not familiar with that lingo, no, that doesn't mean that they sit around and watch online videos all day. YouTubers are content creators that use that platform, and the most successful ones actually make a living from it by producing great videos that draw a large audience. How large? In the case of Benji and Judy, they have a combined audience of over 2 million subscribers who watch their videos, namely their daily vlog channel, It's Judy's Life. So I wanted to have Benji on the show to talk about a ton of stuff, and fortunately for us, he agreed. On our recent Skype chat, we discussed how he and Judy have grown their audience, how they have continued to create content that their audience loves, how families can explore making money online with sites like YouTube, what life is like with twins and having three kids under three, and a whole lot more. Trust me, it gets interesting. So here we go. Please enjoy my conversation with Benji Travis here on Above Average, the podcast for big families. Benji, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for making time for this.
1: Thank you for having me on your show. I'm honored to be on this uh, podcast of yours. In fact, I don't even know if I've ever been on a podcast specifically.
0: Well, I'm uh, thrilled to death to uh, to introduce you to this world. But you're already a podcast listener, right?
1: Oh absolutely, I love podcasts. And in fact, I think you and I listen to similar
0: podcasts already. Yeah, yeah, we just talked about the Tim Ferriss stuff. What else do you listen to besides Tim's show?
1: You know, I listen Joe Rogan is a podcast I've listened to in the past, and I usually just listen to random podcasts based on specific people being interviewed or the type of content that's on there. But I'd say Tim Ferriss is the one that I'm most regular with.
0: You know what I love about his podcast is that he digs deep. He goes so deep. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, if the the topic's not really in your realm or whatever, he might go on for two and a half hours with something. But if that is your thing, if you're really into, I don't know, ketosis or whatever, like really hacking your body, and he goes on for two and a half hours with this brilliant guest, it's fascinating. It's really interesting what he's done. He's leading the way uh, for a lot of podcasters out there right now.
1: I think that's what's awesome about podcasts is, Uh, You typically can't go that deep on other forms, you know, like Twitter, you're limited to like a small conversation. It can be long, but it's like hard to consume blog posts. You actually have to read it. Right. Um, And even YouTube, like most people just don't watch those long videos or they don't surface. But podcasts, it's like you're ready to sit and listen. So that's why I'm excited to get into this, because I feel like you and I, I mean, We'll get as deep as you wanna get, but like I'm ready to answer some
0: questions. Let's go, man. Let's go. First off, so I, I did a little bit of intro at the top of the show talking about what you're up to, what your wife is up to, what your family looks like, all that stuff. You guys are really interesting because it's it's a it's a completely new approach to living life, to the career stuff. You guys are really kind of on the cusp of something. So, like I said, we've talked about that a little bit in the introduction. So, you guys are in Seattle. What does a typical day look like for you guys up there? Or maybe what does today look like between the family, between the work stuff that you're doing with YouTube, between everything else? What's a what's a typical day look like in Benji's world?
1: So, a typical day, well, I would love to say my life is this amazing, awesome Uh, roller coaster and uh, you know riding the wave of this like great life which I do believe it's a great life but it's you know like that's like what you see in the vlog my actual day mostly for me personally consists of um, a lot of phone calls a lot of emails Uh, I have an office in my backyard Um, I do have like a routine that I kind of go through but you can only have a routine um, set based on, uh, whatever your kids kind of, you know, delegate or like <laughs> let you do. So I understand of that. that. I think
0: most of our listeners completely understand that as well.
1: Yeah. Outside of all of that, uh, stuff, you know, I'd say a big part of my day is family. So, you know, like I live here with my wife, Judy of this Judy time. Um, I've got my three daughters, uh, twins, I'm that about two years old and a three-year-old daughter as well so i've got my hands full there um between those two that's like what i like to start and end my day with if i can you know i'm really into food so i'm in the kitchen quite often even if it's just to prepare something small like you know i love to green juice in fact i'm drinking a green juice right now it's good it's from a flow juicer but um you know i revolve my life around people and helping people And, you know, we try to vlog a lot of that, but, uh, you know, I'd say like sometimes on average, and I'm just telling you about my average day, a lot of it can be spent at a computer or on the phone or email because I'm really trying to support um, so many things right now because, uh, don't get me wrong, I do have an exciting life, but it just takes a lot of hustle to
0: keep it all going. Yeah. I I would say that's probably talking about the behind the scenes stuff a little bit. You guys share, Mm -hmm. you create and share so much content. You do the daily videos and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because when you watch them, even if you just go say, let's go look at a video from one year ago or six months ago or yesterday, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's fun. It's chaotic. It's beautiful. It's that beautiful chaos that we talk about all the time on this show of what it looks like when you've got a bunch of kids, but the behind the scenes stuff, that's kind of what you're saying. You're you're at your laptop, yeah. you're in your office, you're making deals happen, you're creating relationships. It's more that business end. That's something that probably a lot of folks don't see if you're watching the videos. It's a lot of the food. It's a lot of hanging out with the kids, yep. playing, running around. Exactly. But you still hunker down and work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I think my uh, new venture with my friend Sean Cannell, Video Influencers, kind of speaks to that life. You know. The, The the behind-the-scenes, or we call it like post-production hustle, the things that uh, you know make the most of the content. So, you know, I'm always supporting my wife as a business manager, but also I've got my own YouTube channel. So I know what it takes after you record, after you upload, and that's what we talk about on video influencers. You know, those actions that people don't typically see that make a YouTuber successful. Now. There's no one way to do it, and success is an interesting word um, because it looks different for different people, but when you talk about what the average person thinks of, like, success is being able to do what you love to do, how you want to do it, and doing it through YouTube and making a living doing it. That's what success to me on average, I hear most people saying they would like, uh, and that's what we're trying to help people do through online video.
0: I know the work that it takes to produce the podcast that I do for the most part above average is weekly. And (laughs) it's a lot of the the same kind of behind the scenes stuff that you're talking about, right? You're scheduling the guests. Mm -hmm, You're actually recording mm -hmm. the show. You're messing with gear. You're, you're doing all that stuff. You're posting it. You're, you're spreading the word, all that. I don't do that on a daily basis, though, and that's what (laughs) you guys do. That is insane to me. It's really, really cool that you're able to create that much content, but you've been doing that. How long have you guys been posting your daily videos or regular videos?
1: So I would have to give credit to Judy, and this is one reason I'm so passionate and motivated to help her because you talk about hustle at a whole nother level. She literally edits our vlogs uploads our vlogs and uh does everything around that even some of the uh, post-production stuff um every single day so that's why like for as hard as i work i mean like i come home i'm tired i might have just ran six miles or something and she's getting right into her computer at the end of the day editing not only her content but my content and what that's like i don't even know like how to explain it it's just she loves what she does. She didn't start out YouTube vlogging every day and editing that every day. She had like maybe two to three uploads a week. But I think she—I I don't think I know. She loves documenting our lives, regardless of who is watching, because she values the the vlogs of our girls growing up, and um, the fact that we get to share that with the world is just kind of a bonus, and that's probably her number one driver. And in addition to that, I know that, um, you know, the fact that we can do this for a living. My wife and I work together, we travel together, we do so much together, and we do it with our girls and a family that live around us. So there's so many motivators. It's not just one, but like how to sustain that. I mean, it definitely takes a team. She would definitely say she's not the only person part of this world that makes the the Judy world uh, run. But it all starts with that hustle. That's why I tell our team, you know, the people around it that help us, including Sean. It's like, you know, we may be doing these different things at a different level, you know, hustle and crushing like SEO and optimizing the channel and uh, doing all these behind the scenes. But it's the upload that's most important, just like your podcast. I mean, like without the podcast, you couldn't have anything else. And uh, content is what you have to lead with. And passion is what leads for the content. And that's how you keep it going.
0: <laughs> so we know where you guys are. You're, you're kind of defining success. It sounds like you guys are very successful right now. You've got a massive audience. People love your stuff. The insane number of comments on your videos. Mm. That's That's awesome. It's not only the number of people that are watching what you guys are producing. Yep. They are so engaged. You've, you've done a really good job of fostering that audience. So we, we kind of know where you're at right now. But tell me a little bit about the backstory. How did, that, mm-hmm. how did all of that get started? It almost sounds like Judy started doing her own thing. And oh, then no you guys together realized, oh, we can really push this to that next level. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: I was in real estate. Um, And I was going through the ups and downs of real estate during 2008. Judy was going to college, actually University of Washington, and she had a full-time job. And Um, this was
0: pre-kids, right?
1: Pre-kids, pre-marriage too. So we were just dating and she was on a path to becoming a psychiatrist or a psychologist, one of the two. But it wasn't what she was passionate about. What she was really passionate about was makeup makeup. So she'd watch YouTube for hours, even with the limited time she had. And she'd watch YouTube videos of other beauty gurus teaching about makeup techniques. Um, And Judy uh, soon was inspired to make her own videos, not with ideas of grandeur that she was going to become one of these. She's just like, I just want to create a video and share with anybody that would want to watch. And that's how it started. Real simple. But we're talking... Uh, Shoe boxes as a tripod the most (laughs) crappiest old digital camera that just barely made the cut for YouTube videos Uh, She used the laptop. She was already using at school. I believe uh, to edit them I mean it was a pretty rough start and even me I wasn't very supportive because she was already spending so much time on YouTube now she was uploading videos Um, And I was I was kind of opposed to it because, you know, obviously as her boyfriend, I would love her attention to go to me after a long day. We both work long days and then came together for a short time period. But when she started getting uh, some more views, gained more of an influence, um, she was getting sent makeup for free. I was like, well, this could be something. (laughs) I was like she did not have a lot of um, extra money to just be spending on makeup, but because she was so passionate about continuing these videos she would spend tons of money more than she normally would to create these videos that test out product so when she got makeup sent to her for free to um put into her videos and i knew exactly why they were doing and that's partly where my involvement came in but i said i think this is going somewhere i think you should continue doing this even if it was just a, a passion because it's a hobby that is paying you um, at the time, it, YouTube wasn't paying, but it was something that uh, you know she was having fun with, and her hobby was being supplied by uh, this influence she was gaining. And that was the start. And where I come in is I was thinking, okay, this is something I want to support her on. I gave her half of my office to take, which I thought I was doing her a favor. But in fact, if you look at those old videos, it's embarrassing because you're talking. So I was in real estate. So I have all my goals on the wall. I got this messy desk and computer. And I'm like this creeper guy in the back of her her videos looking over my shoulder wondering what she was talking about um and that's how she got her start uh, working with me was just like shared space and then when she started getting uh confronted by more uh businesses and having to read contracts that's where i stepped in just to help her i had no idea myself that this was going to be, become a full-time career for me so that's our humble start. And that was really, uh, um, my story just as much as Judy's story. So
0: what I love about that, it seems like more often than not, the people who end up finding success, whether it's something like YouTube or blogging, or whether it's just the grassroots business that somebody starts, it seems like more often than not, the truly successful people are the ones who it with those humble beginnings. They're not the people who start in the case of YouTube, uh, they start out with the Hollywood level videos from day one it seems like they, everything just becomes very homegrown. Yeah. And with that, they learn from experience. They learn how to tweak things. And out of that experience of learning, everything else is amplified. Everything else grows out of that. It's not like you're, you, know, a, you don't have a gold spoon in your mouth, and you just mm-hmm. start from this amazing, amazing level. Where do you grow from that? If you never really learned from the beginning... Yeah, You know, where are you, where are you going to grow to? So anyway, I appreciate you you sharing that. that is, that's that's cool pleasure. to know that you guys, with where you're at right now, even started there.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So you've got Judy's channel, which is the family channel. You've got Benjamin TV, which is your food channel, right? Yep, you've got yep. video influencers. you got a lot going on. How do you yep. prioritize? Not, not work over Aha. family. You've already said the family comes first. But in your case, which pieces of the puzzle happen first the reason I ask that is because for our listeners I want them to find a parallel in their lives because Mm -hmm. they've got their family that surely if they're listening to above average they're putting family first right you know the career sure it it It's important. It provides for the family and everything, but it's got to be family first. So when you're trying to do everything else in addition to providing for the family, like what does all that look like and how does somebody who, obviously, again, you're pretty successful at it, what would you say could be some takeaways that they could learn from how you prioritize?
1: I'd say the number one thing I would have to disclose, and this is one reason why I love what we do on YouTube, I'd say our prioritized channel is the daily vlog and because a daily vlog channel, It's Judy's Life, is really about us being a family, naturally, I don't even have to prioritize because our work is our family. So, you know, we get to hang out with the kids. We want to hang out with the kids. I get to be with Judy so vlogging us being a family in the living room or me and Judy going out on a date night it's very normal so like when you talk about the actual content it revolves around that and because that's the channel that uh, in recent years has grown the most as well as the one that Judy works on the most. That's where we prioritize the both of us. So not only Judy uh, creating content and myself creating content, but her producing the content, uploading it, as well as me supporting it as a business manager. Everything else is kind of second. And even uh, some of her other channels has, uh, she has It's Judy Time, which was her number one channel for a long time. She also has It's Mommy's Life where she's kind of going with this new passion she, she has obviously for being a mother. Um, and then myself with my food channel, Benjamin TV. All three of those channels for both of us have really been a second to the first, which is it's Judy's Life, the vlog. Um, and that's not even talking about video influencers. And that's how I prioritize is what enables us to be with our family the most. So even though you say outsider of our family, um, that's, that's how I prioritize that. And also, you know, one thing I've done over the last few years, a lot of people don't realize is I've, uh, I've really built a team around us. So I have to give kudos to people like my PR, um, uh, Ken Henman, who's really handled a lot of stuff that is not very creative. It's like reaching out to different outlets to get more exposure, um, helping us communicate with brands as well as our network. Who brings us a lot of campaigns? So, not only have we been able to alleviate a lot of the work out um, from Judy so that she can focus on creating content, which enables her to create content for all of these platforms, sure. um, but also yeah. me, it, uh, it gives me more time to do things that really support Judy directly versus like, you know, put me in front of the computer for hours a day because um, I can get more done on the phone with my PR guy with my network so many moving pieces you know I mean it all starts with Judy's passion and her grit to just upload crazy amounts of content and my goal in the last five seven years is how do I keep that sustainable without her going crazy Um, so I'm always trying to make her comfortable by not having her do the things that she doesn't want to do so
0: if I put that in a nutshell, that yeah. to me sounds like the Pareto principle straight up. If you're a business person, you're familiar with that. If you're not a business person, if you don't subscribe to those kinds of books, it's the 80-20 rule. Yep. It sounds like yep. you guys are doing whatever you can to free yourselves up to work on the things that make the most impact.
1: I mean, that Tim Ferriss, uh, if you read his first book, 4-Hour Work Week. The whole book is predicated on that principle.
0: All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Maybe we should yep. talked about this at the beginning before we jumped into all the business stuff, but that's super interesting and obviously super relevant uh, to our audience that is trying to do something on the side. They've got their, I don't know, it might be a grass-cutting business or they're trying to do the blogging thing and earn yeah. some money or whatever. There, there are definitely a lot of lessons to be learned there. But let's talk about your family for a second. How long have you and Judy been married?
1: Judy and I have been married since... 2011
0: so we're going on five years now okay okay and how old are the kids this is this is the main reason that i wanted to talk to you yeah yeah because you guys are <laughs> doing so much with so little time and yeah. you're so busy you've got three kids how old are the kids
1: so my oldest uh is about i'd say three and a half years old her name's juliana and my twins are about to turn two years old kira and Mia. And so at one point, I had three kids under three years old. So that's, three under that, three. that's
0: the craziness. So if yeah. anybody uh, in the above average world is listening mm-hmm. to that, I would say most people are like, yep, I've been there. Because if you've got a bunch of kids, yeah. chances are you've had some in there that are really tight, if, if not actual multiples like you guys have had. Yeah. But y'all had yeah. both. Uh, we've got five kids. And the closest gap that we've got is 14 months. And then we've got another gap between kids that's 16 months. But I've, I've prayed for twins. I've wanted yeah. twins so oh, really? bad. And it's just never happened. My wife still thinks I'm crazy. Everybody else thinks I'm crazy. We're looking at Luke and Mary who are 14 months apart. Okay. Luke's turning four tomorrow. Yeah, So they're right in there. All the time, though, they'll do something and Sarah will go, there's your twins right there. I don't know why you keep on praying for twins. Like that's as close as it gets right there. Oh yeah. My brother and I,
1: we're we're 14 months apart too. And people to this day, if you look at us the right angle or know us, think that we're twins.
0: Yeah. 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 So how is life with twins? What's that like specifically?
1: So uh, I, it's funny because not a lot of people interview me about this part of my life, uh, which is actually (laughs) a huge part of our life. But, I love uh, having twins, I love having kids in general. However, twins, man, I'll tell you, it's a lot of work. The first three months, compared to my first child, I I almost don't remember, because I, we were under so much stress from lack of sleep, from just uh, trying to balance work, life, during that time of craziness, uh, you know, I tell people, I think anybody with multiple kids can probably relate, but especially people with twins. That second twin isn't just having like two kids. I say this, the second child is like there's a random factor there. So you put one child down, you think they're all good, and then you move on to the second child. So there you go. Like you would think it's just like having two kids. But then this kid wakes up the other kid. So then you're having to go back to the kid. That's the random factor that twins bring into your life that is like very hard to plan for. And even with one kid under your belt, which, you know, Juliana, we had her for about 16 months before we had the twins. Nothing will prepare you for twins. You just have to be ready to go slightly crazy uh, and, you know, catch up on your sleep beforehand. And we could only catch up as much as you can with a one-year-old in our life you know i'm all the better for it but it was quite the challenge and it definitely made me a better parent more patient and you kind of learn tactics and you know like judy she more goes from the gut how she feels and she's nurturing and affectionate i'm like a tactical dad i'm like okay prepare before the kids get up (laughs) like i got everything so in the cooking world we have this uh this thing called mise en place where you have everything in place your ingredients in place your pots in place your tools in place I do the same thing with our kids okay like I'm very very like strategic so that right when they get out of their bed I mean like I've got a red carpet lined up for them I don't want to spoil them but I want to prepare for every little situation I can and uh, that's how I parent and that's how I have kind of kept my sanity so it's
0: been crazy yeah. But it sounds wonderful. I mean, you're saying it's been crazy with a big old smile on your face. So that's oh, nice. Yeah. Totally. To yeah.
1: Yep. I could talk about it all day.
0: No, I love hearing it. I love hearing it. So above average, the reason that it's called above average is because the average American family has two and a half kids. You guys wow. are past that now. So we're going to yep. call you a big family, whether you like it or not. Did you Thank guys you. want to have a large family? Is that something that you set out to do? Did you say, you know, we, we want to have a few or was that that's just the way that it unfolded?
1: So I grew up with a sister and a brother. So three kids in my family, my, my uh, Judy, my wife, she grew up with one sister. So it wasn't like putting a term like large on our family. It was just like, we wanted what we had growing up. So I wanted three kids. She wanted two kids. Obviously the twins kind of uh, screwed that up for Judy. So we have three kids (laughs) and now she's done. Now we both would love to add another child for the sake of trying for that boy. However, I, I feel like we're very happy. We're content as well as like we're kind of realistic. Like we would like to grow our careers and we understand uh, how much time it takes, you know, to prioritize your kids is really important if you want to be a great father, great mother. So having that fourth child or that larger family is probably not a priority for us. Never was even a priority. We just wanted to make sure our kids grew up with siblings. That was our uh, our goal, and we've done that. So you know, the girls, uh, you know, they have plenty of people around them to play with. So, well,
0: I I feel the same way to to a certain degree. I never really planned on having a bunch of kids. Sarah and I were like, yeah, let's have two or maybe three, and then we'll see where it goes from there. And it. It's just happened and happened and happened and sometimes it's a, it's a surprise but we're open <laughs> to that and in our case man once the kid gets here it's like well I, I wouldn't send them back even if i could
1: oh no and somebody once told me something he had i believe he has five or six kids he said um, not only do you you know just love that kid but like when you're considering having an additional kid Um, or you're getting ready for another kid there's that worry like how am I supposed to give that attention how am I supposed to like spread out that love for each kid you know and you're talking about families with tons of kids he said it's this weird thing it's like love is infinity when it comes to your kids like God just puts more love into your life more time into your life to make it happen to love your kids to support your kids to be a great parent and he said he's never worried about it. And this is after having five or six kids. So I feel like it's a blessing. I mean, think about how many parents out there, hopefully, and none that are listening. But if you're listening, you know, are still waiting for that child. So mm-hmm. every time I have a child, whether it was a surprise or not, obviously, the twins were kind of a surprise um, <laughs> because we were expecting one. Uh, you know, I just appreciate And I I feel blessed that we have our kids. So never uh, for a moment do I ever feel like, you know, even if it was a mistake or a surprise, uh, would I feel bad about it? So and I feel like other parents I've talked to are the same way as well.
0: Well, I appreciate your candor on that. So because you guys are in such an interesting role where you share so much of your life, it's not 24-7. But I don't know, roughly how much how many minutes a day do you share of your life? Edited, all done. Oh,
1: Yeah. All done. It it can be anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes of our daily life.
0: Okay, okay. So that's a pretty decent glimpse of just the the activities throughout the day. How do you guys handle not oversharing? And what would you say to other parents about, you know, not parents like me, or even the parents who are just on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, but they're not, they don't have a media platform necessarily. What do you say to them about how to balance sharing enough but not oversharing?
1: Well, I think that word oversharing, so I'll answer that second portion first. Um, it's The sharing is going to be really up to you, like what oversharing really is. So there's those parents that just don't want to share anything, but then there's those parents that want to be like us and want to share everything, and even more so. So I think the real question is, what does your spouse want? So one thing that was really important to Judy and myself is like, what are we both comfortable with? And, you know, being on the same page about that because you never want to alienate your spouse. I think people forget, you know, they have their own ambitions and they want these things for their kids or they want to maybe duplicate, you know, some other vloggers. But you got to be on the same page and respect what your spouse does, because there's no point in doing anything. This is my personal opinion. No point in doing anything in life unless you and your spouse are together on it so I think it really starts there um, in terms and the first question can you uh, ask that again what the first question was was it about like how do we decide what we
0: share personally yeah, yeah. How, do, how do you guys balance that
1: so how do we balance it you know again like 15 20 minutes might seem like a lot but again it's 15 20 minutes of uh, would say like 18 to 20 hour waking hours right um, so Especially there's still with, a lot of twins
0: yeah. and with smaller, yeah, smaller yeah. kids. It, yeah, it probably is, you know, 22 hours of waking hours.
1: Cause you know, like those, uh, out of the 20 minutes that we're vlogging, five minutes might be of one little section of our day. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you, a lot of people do know us because over time you start learning a lot about us, but we do keep quite a few things private. Like there's certain family members that don't want to be in our vlog, So we respect that. Um, we're always asking people around us, you know, do you want to be in the vlog? Even if we've already blogged them before, we'll ask uh, respectfully because maybe they change their mind. Judy and I, we have our own things. Again, it goes back to like, I know what Judy doesn't want to show and vice versa. She knows what I don't want to show. And then also respecting at those moments, which, you know, not only as a parent, but also as a married couple, things are just like you know what, I just, I need time by myself, you know, (laughs) and in the vlogging world, it's like, turn the camera off or whatever you recorded, you know, like, don't put it on. Right. Uh, So it's just about uh, being on the same page with your spouse. And in terms of uh, our kids, because obviously we share a lot of our kids and they can't speak their piece because they don't even probably realize its significance right now. But we're more concerned about limiting what we share based on safety. So we, uh, you know, we would never want to give people a heads up of where we're gonna be. So we might not disclose that, like where we're gonna go. Um, and we're always thinking about their safety first. So we would never vlog anything that would put them in danger. Um, maybe uh, give out information that might uh, endanger their life later on. So. That's that's how we decide uh, what is something we're going to share. So on YouTube, excellent, yeah. Which is a lot of a lot of stuff to think about. After seven years, you learn a lot, though. <laughs>
0: Isn't that crazy? Seven years.
1: Yeah, we've that's been a, doing that's the a long time. Yeah, we've been doing the daily vlog since. So, so we're going on our fifth year. So we started the year we got married, and uh, fifth year, every single day.
0: It doesn't even seem like YouTube is is seven years old, much less actually, you know, somebody's yeah. actually had a presence on there for that long. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. So speaking of stuff like that, you guys have built this from the ground up. You, mm-hmm. You're running a gun with it. You've poured a lot of passion, a lot of time, a lot of energy into this. I'm thinking about not only my family, but I'm thinking about other big families that I know and other families in general. A lot of people would love to boost their income a little. And the reason that I'm relaying this back to uh, big families in particular is because, like in our case, we've done a lot of flexibility with our jobs with our situation because we didn't want to put our kids in childcare. Sure. For two reasons, one is yep. just you know whatever kind of negative impact that could potentially be there. I'm not saying it's always there, but there is the the potential for that. But also, it's so costly. And if you've yeah. got three under three or in our case we've got four five and under that is there's no way that we could make that happen so we we had to figure out you know what does this work-life balance look like how can we make sure that the kids are home but wouldn't it be nice if we could boost our income a little it doesn't have to be anything substantial but what about just a little bit here and there you don't necessarily have to have an audience of millions and you guys do this with video influencers where you're trying to teach somebody hey if you have a small but loyal and passionate following for what you do you can turn that into something where you can make a little bit of extra money. What do you say to people who are wanting to explore those opportunities, whether it's vlogging or I'm sure you can you can translate that into blogging or social media or something like that. What do you say to those people and how would you uh, take what you guys have learned and turn that into advice for them?
1: So if I was speaking to parents Um, you know, people that can relate to me because they're starting families or they have a huge family. They're limited on time, limited on resources, but they have the same priority as us, which is we want to not only be with our kids, but really raise our kids, so parent our kids. Uh, Luckily, Judy and I have been able to do it together together almost 24 seven, even though we do have people that help with the kids for the most part, they're always here with us, right? Even when we're working. So people that want to get to that, where they don't have to put their kids into uh, babysitting, or they would like to work from home. I think this advice probably would go for anybody. But just like any other YouTube channel or any kind of social media influencer, you always got to start with what you're passionate about, because you're going to have to work. Maybe for years. And Judy worked for one or two years without ever making a dime. Um, You might have to work for years before you ever get paid. And if you're a parent, especially, you don't really have a lot of extra time, so you might be staying up till one or two in the morning working on this new venture. But if you lead with what you're passionate about, what you know, what you love, then you're going to have a better chance of success um, in whatever that means for you and potentially grow that into uh, a side business or potential potential full-time career. Um, So that's where I would start. Number one, you know, one thing that people do is they look at us or they look at somebody else doing kind of what they think they want to do. And they try to duplicate that by following them. I don't, I'm not against that. I think you should uh, sometimes copy other people's Uh, Pass like at least to begin with but in terms of your content It's always got to come from your heart, right? Uh, Because you never want to be someone you're not and uh, You know, that's the that's number one. Okay, so you're talking like it's gonna take a lot of work Uh, The second thing I'll say about anybody that wants to create a a side business or potential full-time career there's not just one way to make money So a lot of people look at YouTube and they're like, I want to get a million views, I want to have a million subscribers because I know that I'm going to make money off those ads, which is the the basic way of making income on YouTube, the Google ads. There are, I don't know, I want to say like a hundred ways I can think of to make money outside of that, that actually probably pay you much better than just the ads itself. So like you said, I mean, we have things like video influencers um, that has 10,000 subscribers versus my wife and I, we have over a million on our channel. So you would think like, oh, you know, that's like nothing. Like, how do you guys even sustain that? Now, again, video influencers is in that first phase of it's just a pure passion thing. It's a hustle thing. But I know based on my business uh, experience, even with Judy, that there's so many opportunities. You're talking about selling your own product. So like if you're an expert, I use this all the time because there's a guy actually doing it. If you're into gardening and you just talk about gardening, you're like the expert YouTube gardener and you have YouTube gardeners or like people that are gardeners watching you, you can sell your own gardening product, right? And potentially make way more money than Google could ever pay you. Say you're an expert at any kind of field and maybe you sell your time like as a consultant, right? I'm telling you, like people will pay money for expertise um, all day long if they're trying to get there as well. Uh, and these, again, these are just like two or three of like the hundreds that are in my mind. But another mm-hmm. thing you can do, too, is uh, aligning yourself with a business that already has a business model and setting up some kind of affiliate um, You know, marketing uh, partnership where you sell their product and get some money. Maybe you uh, approach a brand or a small business that wants to get into the YouTube world, but they don't have an influence. You already have this, maybe a a, a, a niche influence into like the same kind of stuff that this small business is and say, hey, yeah. you know, I will help you grow your business if you can help my me grow this into a professional side income. So again, not looking at YouTube as like, you have to get so many views, but look at it as like, it's just a tool. It's like a platform that you can utilize to create the business or the opportunity you want to have. Is that answering
0: your, your question? Excellent, excellent. That definitely helps. So it's the mix of hard work plus passion. Yeah. There are, there are so many people out there preaching right now. Follow your passion. Follow your heart. Da, 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 oh, hey, yeah. that's great. And you just said it yourself. But don't forget the other part of the equation, and that's the hard work. How many videos, oh, cool. just, I don't know, a wet finger in the air, how many videos have you guys posted in in the time that you've been posting to YouTube?
1: Oh, man. It's got to be close to 2,000 videos, maybe more than that. I mean, like with video influencers, maybe like 210, 220. So that's t- two thousand hours. In 100, 2,000, I got you. I got you.
0: <laughs> so that, that's hours of content. Yeah. But that's that represents, what, hundreds or thousands of hours of work that went into that. The planning, the actual production, the editing, all that. So don't just think, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm an expert gardener, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to post whatever. And I'm automatically going to have this following and I'm going to be able to sell ads against it. It doesn't work like that. No. You're going to have to find that hustle in another way. Hustle was the, the buzzword of the day. It keeps on coming up. And I completely agree. But I think you're right on the money about mixing that with your passion. You know,
1: people see the start date for Judy is like her first upload, right? Or even my start days, like when I started getting in A lot of times when you find a YouTuber that's successful, you find that there's experiences beforehand that helped with that success on YouTube. For example, uh, myself, one thing that people don't know is like when I was working at the YMCA for years, I was creating videos when like making videos was not even a thing or wasn't very popular. Um, Even before YouTube was um, out, I was creating videos for um, events I was running at the YMCA. Really simple videos. I mean, like anybody that's into video would maybe laugh at them, but that was prior experience. So like video production was already something I was starting to practice or I, I understood the concept in the value of video, right? Judy, gotcha. it wasn't like she just started picking up makeup brushes the day she uploaded video. She was into makeup for years. She was like into makeup when she was in high school at a very young age. So she was playing around, buying products, testing products. I mean, she had a, a mess of makeup uh, way before. So there's experiences that you might feel like really aren't adding to that potential side business or a uh, potential opportunity in the future. And again, this is why it has to start from a place of passion. But it might be years before you get that opportunity. So even when you talk about hustle, but I feel like it's that's, again, why it's worth it to do something you're passionate about. Um, Because in the beginning, it 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 might just seem like play. A lot of people will be like, oh, that's a waste of time. But if you kind of sit in your mind, like, this is kind of what I want to do. So, like, even Netflix gets a bad name from people like Netflix and chill, like, you're wasting your time. If you're watching things (laughs) that are like you're interested in, for me, like, I've watched almost every single food documentary out there. And that adds to my knowledge, right? And like, being. Uh, positive about what you're doing and maybe more purposeful about what you're doing with your time, even if it's something that's just not like looked at as something that's going to build like this successful YouTube channel. And I've met so many YouTubers that have a backstory or a story previous to YouTube that make, it makes more sense why they're successful on YouTube because they had all these experiences, things that are behind the scenes, a hustle Uh, prior to the videos that went out to the public through YouTube. So that's something you have to keep in mind. And uh, you just never know where life is going to lead you. But as long as you're doing something you love, you work really hard and just kind of know in your heart that this is going to spawn into something. That's another thing. The last thing I'll say about this, you just never know what your passion is going to bring to you. Like what kind of opportunities it's going to bring. Somebody once said, and I used to think it was like cheesy and it's like, so like cliche, but it's so true. They said, Benji, do what you love and the money will follow. And it's so true. And I'm, <laughs> actually, I actually have not thought about that, but uh, that that actually has happened for Judy and I.
0: Even though it took a few years. Absolutely, it it did happen, but you had to bust your tail to get to that point too. Hey, your passion is food. You're talking about passion a lot. You've you've got your food channel. I I looked it up. I was like, okay, what's his number one video? Like, what's what's the big one? Do you know what it is (laughs) off the top of your head? Because I looked up chocolate chip cookie. A million people, over a million people, have watched your chocolate chip cookie video. Yeah, what's up with that? That that's so cool. Now you're into not health food for the sake of health food, but like great tasting food that is also good for you as well. Yeah, you've got a lot of great recipes, a lot of great content on there. But I, I think it's funny that chocolate chip cookies are the yeah, number one so- thing. I know.
1: You know, one thing just to give people a little more context about my my love for food and how I look at food. So I don't look at like that chocolate chip cookie and look at it as a negative thing. You know, I think that's actually really bad for your health when you look at something and have guilt about it. I love chocolate chip cookies. I love pizzas. I love mac and cheese. I love just about any kind of food that's delicious, which is both healthy in terms of like nutrients and versus um, comfort foods. I still think can be healthy for you, yeah, right, yeah. um, is good for you, i look at it positively, so that's why I don't limit myself on what I eat or what I talk about, because it's all about balance in your life, so just clear that out of the way, because a lot of people say the same thing, like, well, Benji, is like, I thought you're a health guy, how can you be making a cookie <laughs> recipe, how can you feed your kids ass like, you know, life is about balance, but the reason that cookie recipe is so, uh, so popular, I feel like partly people love cookies. And I knew that oh, yeah. making that video, I was like, people <laughs> love cookies. That was also a collaboration with another YouTuber, um, and we were doing kind of like a back and forth. So that's, oh, that's another so little, uh, yeah. another little tip. He was doing his own version of cookie recipe. I did a more traditional, and then also, and this is uh, you know a little shout out for video influencers. Sean Cannell has been teaching us for years um, proper tagging a uh, search engine optimization, and just how to uh, uh, optimize your videos for search in general, like uh, not just like what you put in the video, but like the the structure of a video and the call to action. Then that video was just like spot on for everything. And I never thought it would get a million views. But, you know, when I see it get a million views, it was because I put all those best practices into play. And I did that post-production hustle that Sean talks about most people don't do. There was once a time where there's YouTubers that would only put one or two tags. And they'd still get tons of views, right? But imagine if they were... Uh, putting all the tags it could, using all the uh, info box uh, that was available to you, you know, how much farther those videos would go. And that that's an example of one of those videos. I got more views and I have subscribers.
0: That is cool. That is very, very cool. Okay. So while we're on the food stuff, I'll close with this. This is my last question for you. Okay. I'm sure you've got some favorite meals for either feeding your family because yeah. your family's growing and everything, but you guys do dinner parties and you've got a larger extended family and everything as well. Give me a couple of your, your favorite meals. What are your go-to meals for that that kind of situation?
1: So me personally right now because of the kids, you know, they're kind of my focus when I talk when I think about what I'm going to be cooking. So I'm like finger foods, things that they could probably grab with a fork, but also they could grab with their fingers. And make minimal mess. So I would love to tell you I've got this epic recipe that tastes great. No, I'm like thinking what's going to be on the floor of my dining room? Okay, like <laughs> we, what? we did
0: we did stir fry two nights ago. Yeah, there is still rice everywhere oh from where yeah, the toddler yeah. just pitched it. Yeah, so I get it.
1: And I'm we're uh, Asian, so we uh, we love our rice. So unfortunately, we haven't been able to do rice as much, or we spoon feed them. Even though I love them learning. So I'd say one is pasta dishes ones not like spaghetti but like you know the actual pastas like the little uh the the macaronis or whatever again so it's like easy delivery so like i would love again to tell you like i have this epic recipe but when it comes to entertaining i say right now my favorite thing to do is a japanese dish it's a uh beef rice bowl dish that I just love – I'm like kind of addicted to mastering that right now. It's called Gyudon. If you're ever in Japan, it's looked at as like the fast food of Japan. That's kind hey, of my spell, go-to. Spell now. that.
0: What, what's it called again?
1: G-Y-U-D-O-N. Okay. People people have been asking me for a recipe for it, but I just uh, I just tell people go to Cooking with Dog, which is kind of a unique name. But Cooking with Dog is a Japanese uh, food channel, and they teach you how to do that. So.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we will link to that on the show notes page for this episode. This will be episode 35, by the way, if you're playing, if you're keeping score at home, this is Above Average. Episode 35, you can go to AboveAverageShow.com slash 35 to check out the show notes and we'll post some of Benji's favorite videos and we will post a link to that recipe as well. That sounds super interesting. And I guess if you're listening in the future and Benji, if you ever do make a video cooking that, let me know and I'll go throw it <laughs> on the show notes page as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. people to that. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. I guess lastly, this is it. Where do we need to keep up with you and your family online? I know there are a thousand different places. Is there like one clearinghouse that you'd point us to where you you can say, if you want to check out Judy's makeup stuff or Benji's food stuff like this is that's that's ground zero.
1: Yeah. If you want to check out what we just do in general, like it's Judy's life or daily vlog, is probably the best place to go right now because it kind of gives you a glimpse into our life, both not for myself just myself but also Judy and our kids so it's Judy's life um I'm Benjamin TV on all social media stuff except for Instagram because someone took my name so I'm Benjamin food (laughs) on Instagram but uh yeah you if you type in Benjamin TV even on there you can find me so
0: Awesome. Awesome. Benji, man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, you. We, we just spent an hour talking about how busy you are. So for you to be able to carve out a little bit of time to uh, to share what your world looks like with our listeners, man, that's, that's super cool of you. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
0: All right. My thanks again to Benji for making the time to be on the show. And of course, thanks to Judy too for sharing him with us. That was a blast. And this has been episode 35 of Above Average, the podcast for big families. So if you want to check out the show notes or any of the links that we talked about, head on over to AboveAverageShow.com slash 35, where you'll find all that. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and also tell any friends who might be interested. Again, you can find everything you need over at AboveAverageShow.com. All right, that about wraps it up for this one. Thanks again for listening. And if you've got a big family, thanks for being Above Average. We'll see y'all next time.